This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Welcome back, Star Wars fans, to another episode of Coruscant Radio Underground, presented by thesciencefictionary.com. Tonight with me is Marisha. Hello. And back from a very, very long absence is Robbie. Hey, everybody. I'm back. I told you he was coming back. (laughs) I've been telling you that for a really long time, but he came back. It's true. It took a minute, but I'm here. (laughs) Um, got, Got Robbie back. Hopefully, we'll see a little more of you on the podcast. Yeah, definitely. And uh, we'll, we'll do that, and then we got some you know exciting news that we've been teasing for a while, but it really is happening. We really are going to do the Star Wars RPG stuff. It's just everybody's busy, and we will. But it, but it's coming. All that new content is on the way, right? Sooner yep. or later. <laughs> Yep, it's uh, it's definitely in the works, and it's something we've wanted to do for a while, and talked about behind the scenes for a while, and uh, I I finally have the time to really sort of dig into how those uh, Star Wars RPGs are sort of structured. And uh, I think we've got a pretty good idea going forward. So that should be, should be coming down the pipeline soon. Awesome. Awesome. That's yeah, we're, we're definitely excited about getting involved in that. And we'll have a, a couple of new people, or at least one, one new person uh, that'll kind of be added to the show to participate with that. So we'll have another David. Yeah. Another David. We'll have two Davids. Just to keep things interesting. We're going to have to do like y'all do on Xbox and just find a, you know, like a gamer tag to address them by. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, like we wanted to talk about, Robbie, did you get a chance to check out the Star Wars Squadrons trailer? I did. uh, And I'm, I'm pretty excited. Yeah, I'm really excited. I'm, you know, they have the, they have some fighter squadron stuff in the Battlefront games. It's kind of a, Battlefront really is like, Several games in one, in some ways, 40 players, and some of them are eight. And you have some fighter squadron stuff, but, and the the mechanics are good. Like, I like the way the ships fly, but I haven't really played the one on Battlefront 2. On Battlefront 1, I just felt like if I was in the X-Wing, I could win every single game. And and if I was in the TIE Fighter, I was doomed. (laughs) It was it was so like it just wasn't balanced. You know the Tie Fighters don't have shields, right? But you know if you have you should have some other that, kind of advantage. Like you should have a little better armor or something. Like you know, it's uh, yeah. I mean that's kind of the thing in the story. The Tie Fighters are a little more fragile, but for, for the, for the sake of, of a, game, a video game, yeah, like you kind of have to have a little bit of balance there for it to be fun. And and so after a while, it got because it just alternates you back and forth between the two. And so it was like, well, I'm going to win this one, and I'm going to lose the next one. And mm-hmm. it was just you do that all night. And after a while, you just kind of get burned it's out. Not on that it. fun. But Robbie, did you ever play? I mean, I know you saw me play them. I just can't remember if you ever played the Star Wars games. Um, so the, I, I mean, sorry, the Star Wars. Uh, Flight Fighters? simulators, the the oh, X wing. Yeah, so assuming you mean like X wing versus Tie fighter and right. things like that. So that's exactly when I watched this uh, trailer. I was like, oh man, this is like the next logical step with the current technology of X wing versus Tie fighter. Yeah, at least it has the potential to be. It does, and I really hope it is. I, there's a long history of Star Wars gaming. Period. I mean, we did a Star Wars gaming episode a few weeks back, and. I mean, we've what? Well, there's over a hundred titles yeah. in the Star Wars gaming catalog, mm-hmm. and but the the flight combat games had a long history. I mean, you had X Wing and X Wing versus Tie Fighter, and several other variations of those games, and they were a blast. I mean, I Robbie remembers I played flight simulators. I mean, that was almost all I played for a, a while there in the in the ninety late nineties, and oh yeah. The um, the the X Wing series were some of my favorites, but then even once we moved over to console, we had a few flying games, but they were never quite as mechanically uh, advanced. I mm-hmm. guess you know um, I'm trying to think, Robbie. What did you had a couple when there were Rogue Squadron? 
Yeah, I think what was it? Uh, was that what it was? Was Rogue Squadron on uh, Nintendo sixty four? I'm trying to remember if Rogue Squadron was Nintendo sixty four or on the, there was something on the GameCube as well. Oh, I don't know. I never had a GameCube, so I don't. I wouldn't know if I remember okay. playing a. Well, if you uh, didn't have a GameCube, I never. I definitely never did. So whatever we played yeah. must have been on the sixty. I think it was Rogue Squadron. I, don't, I mean, maybe I'm misspeaking, but it, it was something along those lines. And that one was really cool. I was actually thinking about one of those missions the other day where you're like flying through the mm-hmm. canyons because it was super difficult. And uh, but yeah, it still wasn't really quite as advanced or as cool of a like concept as X Wing versus Tie Fighter. Right. Well, you know, and that's kind of been the history of flight combat games from PC to to console is that on console on on PC, I mean they've been incredibly you know, I, I used to play those Jane's combat simulators. I mean those those books, it'd be like a hundred and fifty pages of Weapon loadouts and you know fuel range and all kinds of stuff. And I mean, I memorized those books. So, in the interest of making it less homework, they just are also just you can do fewer things on them. Well, is that kind of how that happens? Okay, so you know, part of the reason is is that on a keyboard, you've obviously got a lot more options, right? But um, Ace Combat Six is the perfect example of this to me. Ace Combat 6 was the first real console flight game that gave you full control over the mechanics of your plane. Okay. You know, it wasn't quite as complex, but you you had, you, you could, one, you know, a lot of these, if you remember, like the Rogue Squadron, I think it was Rogue Squadron, I may be totally miss saying the wrong game, but like you couldn't, your ships, you can't roll them over. Like you can't invert at all. Right. Like you, you roll it to a point and it auto corrects you back and levels you back out. Right. And, you know, of course, after playing flight simulators for so long, that drives me nuts. And that that pretty much will ruin most flight simulators right off the bat for me. But those Star Wars games were a lot of fun because they made the missions fun. So, but this one, it really, I mean, we don't know. Now, tomorrow afternoon, we're recording this June 17th, tomorrow, June 18th. So this show won't be out before you hear this, but they're showing the gameplay tomorrow night. Mm. And that's what I'm excited to see because I want to see how much control they're going to give us over over the the fighter craft. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm definitely curious as well. Just kind of see what's going on there. I mean, I'm, I'm hoping, you know, that this game just has all the potential in the world and that it it reaches that because it, Right now, from what I'm seeing, it's the closest thing we've had in a long time to like a true, a true Star Wars flight game. Right. Yeah, it's it seems like they're building on the back of what they've done in Battlefront, but hopefully, that's more of a shell version of well, this is a, and this is a fully fleshed out version. And some of that is having you know you read the X Wing books, you hear about the way the things work, and then you want to play it that way. Mm-hmm. And right. and so you want to be able to put all your shields forward, or all your right. shields back, or yeah. move all your power to to your to your weapons or to your boosters, and eject the dilithium chamber <laughs> and blow it up. But there was a there were a couple of scenes. There's a scene in that trailer where it shows them moving power from one from from shields to mm-hmm. to thrust and. So hopefully we're going to get more of those controls. So I'm yeah. I'm really really excited about that game, and they've been teasing it for a while. It was, you know, lingering out there for a while. Codename Maverick, and so everybody assumed this is what it was. Yeah. What did you think about the era they chose to set it in? Uh, when was it? It's uh, it appears right to after... be New Republic. You know, right after the fall of the Empire. Okay, so it before might, Jakku. It might be right. Bef- it might be before Jakku. We don't really know, but, they, but there's early, a mention of the New in, Republic. Early Republic. Um, okay. Hera is in the background of a shot. Wedge is in the background of a shot. Or actually, Wedge is actually in the foreground of a shot. So it, it looks kind of interesting, and it looks like... I think that there may be some tie-ins to the Alphabet Squadron books. books. That would make sense. Uh, which is also in that same era, which would be really nice. A really nice crossover. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that should be, you know... From the perspective of those of us who aren't avid gamers, we want to see interesting things happening story-wise as well as 
I think we're going to get a little story. I don't think we're going to get a lot of story. Um, Which is fine, but at least you want to, you know, you want it to be set in a, in a since, since they've decided to go the direction of, you know, we are setting all of the things in a concrete time and place. You know, it's not that we're not just having like, this is like a generic, you know, X-Wing. It's like, this is a specific era, specific abilities, specific looks. Yeah. Robbie, is there anything in particular you would like to see in the game as far as, you know, options, playing options or customization options? Um, that's a good question. Uh, you know, I hadn't really thought much about that one. Um, mostly I've just been excited um, to see kind of how the VR play goes since, you know, VR's, you know, it's come a, a long way. And so it's pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. They announced that. And then uh, so they announced, I think, for October 2nd, they are going to release the multiplayer. Right. Okay. So I'm pretty excited about that as well. And really, I guess I just kind of want to, I'm hoping that the multiplayer is, you know, robust and actually, you know, fun and not sort of an afterthought. Um, so yeah. it'll be interesting to kind of see how they do that, especially like in the era of like Battle Royale. Let's see how many mm-hmm. people we can put on a server type games. I, yeah. I'm curious to see kind of what that's going to look like. And I really don't have any thoughts about what I'm hoping for. More just that, I don't know. I that really it's good? That it just, <laughs> yeah, I just, I just hope it's just like a good, fun time. Uh, I know that's very vague, but it just, I was so excited when I saw it. So I was like, it's like, this is really, really similar to like, you know, these games that more, more I watched you like play when mm-hmm. you were growing up, but it was just fun to like sit there and like watch and see all the accommodations you got from, right you know, different um, officers and stuff like that and kind of see the progress through the game. It's just really, really cool. And I hadn't seen any concepts like that in a while. Not not a true flight sim um, mm-hmm. for Star Wars anyways for a while. So it'll be be really cool. Um, I think I, w- I would love to, you know, have, have it be like from start to finish. Like you have to like fly out of the docking bay and like, fight mm-hmm. and, you know things like yep. that instead of just like oh you you start in the battle like i want to see you yeah. have to actually like deal with what would actual like an undocking procedure be and like getting out of the bay getting mm-hmm. out of shuttle bays right. and going and fighting and entering a battle not just starting in it i think that would be kind of cool yeah because uh, you don't you don't always see that with games like this and that would definitely be fun and yeah I, I feel like the way battlefront is you know there's a good chance we might see something like that right and in the multiplayer i would really like to you know, fly missions against another team. That'd be awesome. Instead of, because kind of the thing with Battlefront is it's just kind of a melee. It's just everybody's respawning, you know, in space or in the sky, and you're just, it's just kill for kill. There's not really necessarily... Right. There's not really necessarily strong objectives. You're not leading a fighter wing to go destroy a shield generator or, you know... Right a base or, or whatever it is. And it would definitely be great if you had like a real, you know, a real objective and whether it was offensive or defensive that the other side, you know, obviously had the, the analog of that. Right. That would definitely be cool. Yeah. I mean, they, they could do the sky's the limit with, with this kind of game. No pun intended. No pun intended, but <laughs> the, uh, it just seems like nobody's really willing to go there lately. Like it's just the, you know, the flight simulator was in its heyday in the nine, you know, in the late nineties, early two thousands, and hopefully this is is sort of a resurgence. And I'll yeah, be- maybe it's maybe it's the time for it. I mean, I think uh, I think I saw the other day where Microsoft is uh, releasing a version of Flight Simulator for Xbox in, in anticipation really? of the new Xbox, and I, I could be totally wrong on that. But if well, there, I, uh, there is a new there is a new um, Microsoft Flight Simulator coming out. So, so I, I was told it was going to get an Xbox release as well, and I could be wrong, but I want to say, like, not just told, like, I specifically remember reading that. I can see them dropping that, on, especially if they're gearing it up for the new Xbox. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, there's a lot of people that that's just what they play. You know, Microsoft Fly Simulator has been the biggest fly simulator out there f- forever. Yeah, so just to verify while we're talking about it, um, it was actually published by Xbox Game Studios exclusively for Windows 10 and Xbox One. Oh, wow. Yeah, so uh, you can just try to get a, uh, a nice uh, flight sim uh, setup that'll double for both games. Yeah. Yeah, I was actually <laughs> looking at that because I, you know, the, the, the first thing I did after I watched that trailer 
was went looking for what sort of flight sticks are available for the uh, for the Xbox. Do they do they make one uh, for Xbox? They do. I assume it's going to be compatible um, since they have VR as well. I would I would assume that there would be some some compatibility there or I, some built-in I mean, function. You know, you know, back in the day, the option was a you know a flight stick or a keyboard, and the right. keyboard was. I mean, the the flight stick is far more immersive and gives you a lot better fine-tuned control over what you're doing. I mean, granted, console controllers have come a long, long ways uh, since 1998. But he's right, though. But for, like, the the VR effect, uh, a flight stick would be way cooler. The, the flight stick would de- it will definitely be more immersive, and so I mean I'm I'm definitely going that I route with it. I definitely think a, a flight stick's the way to go. Well, there we go. Any customizations <laughs> you want to see in the game, Marisha? No, but I'm I'm listening you want because sometimes I have a hard time buying for my husband and my brother-in-law for <laughs> occasions. So I'm just taking notes over here. Uh, no, nah, we're we're really excited about that game. I'm I figured you would be excited about that one. Um, yeah, actually, uh, I hadn't been paying attention to anything over the last couple of months. Uh, just amen. You know, yeah, I, <laughs> I mean, there's obviously been a lot going on, and I've been in the middle of a move and a new job. So, like you know, pop culture has taken a a, a side, and uh, so I wasn't actually. I was like, wait, what am I looking at? And then I saw what it was, and I was I was just so pumped. That it was a uh, like a flight sim type game, so that was that was actually a pleasant surprise. I hate to admit that I was so out of the loop, um, <laughs> but uh, it made for a nice little pleasant surprise this evening. Yeah, looking forward to that one. So right. yeah, this was inspired by um, Robbie's things that I consider to be Star Wars that you may not consider to be Star Wars. <laughs> Th- that's exactly back where this, this next topic came from. Was uh, back in the the very early days of this podcast uh, we haven't even talked about it this is our two-year anniversary episode it is of this podcast it doesn't seem happy like it's been that to long us. i mean when i think about it it doesn't even seem like it's been i mean i know it's been a long time since robbie's been on but i, I skipped ahead a year and a half <laughs> yeah pretty much um it, it just does not seem like it's been that long but we're we're really you know we're we're happy about it, and we're we're it's growing, and and we're getting to do a lot of new things with a lot of new friends at the the Red Five Network, and yep. um, it's been fun. We we wanted to when we started this, it was to to have fun talking about Star Wars and to kind of build and be part of a community, and I think that's what we've accomplished in the yep. last two years. It's true. It's been good. And the the other theory was that it would give you an excuse to talk to your brother every week, but alas, <laughs> that one uh, <laughs> got I got a little bit busy there for a minute. Yeah, I think we uh, all got a little busy there for a minute. Things are a little a little bit calmer now. Uh, my commute is now uh, fifteen minutes total every day instead. Oh, that's two awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The commute. I mean. Commutes in, in Baton Rouge can be bad, but not nearly as brutal as Atlanta commutes, man. Right. <laughs> Atlanta commutes are rough. Yeah. Indeed, they are. <laughs> yeah, it, it honestly, it feels like, guys, because uh, the original, when we talked about, you know, things that are not, they're, they're Star Wars kind of inspired, but not really Star Wars. Um, <clears throat> God, that was that. I mean, that was in the first, like, five episodes, wasn't it? It yeah. was, and what that, where that actually was was when we were ranking our, Star Wars, movie, our, our Star Wars movies kind of in an effort to let people know who we are as Star Wars fans. Right. And uh, you actually offered there at the end of that, because you, you just about gave Daniel an aneurysm, <laughs> and you, you actually said... Uh, I will write an article for the for the sciencefictionary.com titled All the Things That I Consider Star Wars That You May Not. <laughs> oh, man. I forgot to do that one. <laughs> Got distracted by uh, one good Apex Legends article. and uh... <laughs> Yes. Hey, we, me and David are, are still coming up with characters. I just, I don't know how to write characters like, like you do. But, uh, we've got a, we've got a couple of, brainstorm that one. we got a couple of pretty good ones that we need to share with you. But yeah, you, you had in your, in your list of Star Wars movies, things like Spaceballs. Yeah. 
Still do. And of course, <laughs> I was going back through this the other day. I actually went back to that episode, and I think I sent you a copy of the. I made a graphic for Marisha and I for oh, yeah, our rankings. Really cool. And as I was doing it, I was writing yours down as I went. And I'm and I'm pretty sure I sent you a copy of your graphic. But it, it you know, it kind of got me thinking, like. You know, Star Wars has inspired so much. I mean, it's the reason we're sitting here doing a Star Wars podcast. But in addition to that, I mean, there are there are documentaries. There's it's there's no telling how many shows, TV shows, or movies have referenced Star Wars. I mean. Right? Pretty much everything that deals with pop culture, even I mean, even my little my kids' little you know, um, what's in the Bible cartoon, makes Star Wars references like constantly. You know, it's just it's such a, it's just such an ingrained part of pop culture. You know, it's oh, like definitely. it you can't even really talk about the state of the world without one or two Star Wars lines coming up eventually. Right. I mean, anytime somebody like does something that modulates their voice to be a little deeper, they're definitely going to, uh, you know, do a Darth Vader impression. Of course. Yes. Naturally. You know, every everybody that talks through a uh, through a fan or... Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> I am your father. Yeah. But in addition to all those just references to it, I mean, there have been... There, there are things like basically everything Kevin Smith has ever made. Oh, absolutely. To just reference Star Wars again and again and again and again. Mallrats maybe being the, the pinnacle of that. <laughs> uh, there's so much Star Wars in Mallrats, mostly because Silent Bob spends most of the movie trying to use the Force. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, I, I love Kevin Smith in general, but Mallrats might have been the pinnacle of a lot of things uh, for me, for Kevin Smith. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, and don't get me wrong, I, I love, you know, we watched a lot of uh, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, among other things. <laughs> we did, up. but you're but, right. Mall rats might have been, been one of my favorites. Mall rats is more than just crazy, off the wall humor. It, it's like it's a good movie, right? Yeah, you know, wrap, know wrapped in. It, it's a good movie wrapped in Kevin Smith humor, right? Which means only to be viewed after the children go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> but. You can't even watch the man review a dadgum movie until after the kids go to bed. <laughs> but we just kind of wanted to talk about that a little bit tonight. Like, it kind of progressed, and it, it started off, we kind of wanted to choose some of our favorites within each category, you know, documentaries and fan films. And But I honestly, I started going down the rabbit hole of fan films. So many fan films. And not just so many, but so many great fan films. It's true. I mean, you go back over the last 10 years and you can watch fan films that are, are they're big screen quality. It's true. You know, in a lot of ways. I mean, they could obviously use a little more post-production, but they're. Oh, I was just saying that David. Just oh, David, did you join? Hey, yeah. Hello. I didn't want to, I didn't want to interrupt you. Oh, no, it's okay. <laughs> well, uh. But we're we're just kind of getting into our conversation about all the things that Star Wars has shown up in, and mm -hmm. but yeah, fan films. It's like trying to choose your favorite fan film is incredibly hard, especially when you've got fan mm -hmm. films that people dropped. You know, I mean, that Vader fan film, like they spent like ninety grand per episode on that Daggum Vader film. That's not. That's, it's hard to even call it a fan film at that point, you know. Uh -huh. Right, you're you're really getting more into indie indie film territory. Is, mm -hmm. You know, it's it, it begins to take you. You kind of have to call it a fan film because it's it's Star Wars, and you can't do Star Wars without mm -hmm. <laughs> permission. But yeah, I mean, you're. I don't know. It if, almost needs its own classification. Yeah, it does. And 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 but the thing is, and the beauty of Star Wars with all of this stuff is Lucasfilm. George Lucas particularly has always been so welcoming to people doing this sort of thing mm -hmm. um, to, to the point of in, encouraging people to go out and create and, and play in his sandbox. Yeah. Well, StarWars.com has relaunched their like annual Did they bring back Star the Star Wars, Wars fan film awards? Yeah. They, um, 
I was watching the the winners from twenty eighteen. Okay. A little while ago. So I'm uh, assuming the winners from 2019. So I mean, yeah, I mean, for somewhere. years, Lucasfilm was doing Star Wars Fan Film Awards, mm-hmm. which, I mean, is completely different. I mean, you look at the opposite end of the spectrum would be Star Trek, who, <laughs> right. you know, Paramount has literally... Like sued people. Like people trying to make <laughs> fan films, and Paramount has just sued them into oblivion. Yeah. Jeez. And... Right. It's, uh, you know, it's in going as far as to say, if you're going to make a fan film, then you have to buy all your costumes from Paramount. And, and your props and your... Yeah. yeah. And, and basically making it impossible. But one of the things, you know, so I don't think that necessarily choosing our best was... The, the initial concept has kind of changed. But I just kind of wanted to talk about what are some of our favorite... You know, to to borrow Robbie's phrase, what are some of your favorite non Star Wars Star Wars things? <laughs> that's a that's a great phrase for it. Yeah, I don't I don't know how deep you guys are into the conversation, how long you've been talking, but um, not long. I mean, we, they, they talked about video games for a while. We, yeah, we were talking about Star Wars Squadrons prior to this. Oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did see that, which is really awesome. But um, uh, you know, I, I think that. This topic is a really great topic to choose for the big two-year anniversary thing. Yeah. Because I think that it relates very well. It sort of opens up the conversation of this, not just like fan films and stuff like that, but fan podcast, fan YouTube shows all about Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which is what this is, which is what the Red 5 Network is. Right. right, and it's um, it's this thing that has inspired just countless people to create. Yep. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and um, that's what I mean. Th- this exists because of that, and yeah, I love Star Wars fan films. Non Star Wars, Star Wars is a great term for it. Um, I've probably watched more fan made stuff. Like I've probably watched just as much fan made stuff as I have, like, just the actual films in terms of hours. And I don't mean to exaggerate that. Like, um, some of my, like, earliest memories are as, well, at least, like, on the internet, are as an eight-year-old learning how to use the family computer. And I don't know what anybody else was using it for, but the first things that I were looking up were Star Wars videos. It was probably more wholesome than some of the things that uh, (laughs) kids go on the internet looking for. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and but me, I was like, oh man, I gotta watch this all this new Star Wars stuff, and and I wanted to know more about like all the different characters that we saw very little of, like Darth Maul, like Boba Fett, right? Um, those kind of characters, which fan films have done tremendous things for. Yeah, fan artwork, fan fan comics. I've read some of stuff like that. And so some of my earliest memories are of watching these fan films. Of the characters like that, that I didn't even realize weren't technically canon. Like, I just kind of assumed that it was all made by George Lucas behind the camera, you know, because <laughs> uh-huh. I didn't know right. any better. Right. So, in my mind, I'm like, oh, man, this is just another Star Wars movie. Right. And it's still hard to, like, watch, like, Rebels or anything with Darth Maul in it. And see Darth Maul pop up and not think about all the fan films about Darth Maul that I watched and thinking, oh, yeah, I know Darth Maul. He was the guy and he was, um, this is his story. I know what his story is. And I'm like, wait, no, that was technically a fan film. But right. <laughs> in my head, it still fills my heart. It's it's still real to me. Yep. So I love fan films. So any any films or any bit of content that expands those small characters like that. And just lets you see some really cool stuff. Yeah. Uh, it, some of my favorites, specifically uh, the Darth Maul stuff. I've watched so many Darth Maul fan yeah. stuff. There, there are videos. a couple of Darth Maul fan films. One in particular. What is that one called that you were watching earlier today? Darth Maul. It's just called Darth Maul, right? Yeah. Yeah, there's Darth Maul. Um, Darth oh, Maul, Apprentice. Apprentice. That's, what, that's the one I was watching, Darth Maul Apprentice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those, those are incredibly well done. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and the makeup on them is incredible. Like they're so some of them are so well made that I just I don't realize that it's not even. Yeah, and the fighting was really really good. Like the the 
cosplayer that they had. I mean, he's literally credited as like, you know, his name and then as Darth Maul cosplay. Wow. Um, who, I mean, he was, it, it was impressive. His, his, you know, the fights were really, you know, so it's interesting, the thing about fan films, and some of them are like very character driven and some of them are like, and here's our lightsaber fight. You know, um, but this one was kind of both. You know, that, and that's the thing when you talk about this, because for years they had the, uh, in as part of the fan film awards, there mm-hmm. was a category for best lightsaber duel. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And honestly, I feel like that it's the fan film lightsaber duels that inspired the direction that the films have gone yeah. with lightsaber duels. Yeah. And Probably. They have done just absolutely mesmerizing things. I mean, there are entire groups now where that's what, you know, people get together and they have sparring matches. France has now named. They've uh, included lightsaber. Lightsaber dueling is, has been added to the, the fencing schools or teaching lightsaber dueling as a new sport. You're seeing a legitimate sport being developed from something <laughs> uh-huh. that started off because of fan film choreography. That's awesome. And speaking of like the fights, my absolute favorite thing to watch in this sort of realm are just the incredibly well-produced um, fan films that are like Darth Maul versus Wolverine. Oh, yes. Uh, stuff Bat, like that. Bat in the Sun has Bat done. Bat in the Sun. Yes. <laughs> they do incredible stuff. Uh, Darth Vader versus Batman. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, Off it, the rails amazing. <laughs> so, yeah, they do some really, really cool You never really knew cool that you needed to things. see Darth Vader versus Batman, but but you did. Yep. Mm-hmm. Boba Fett versus Star Wars versus uh, Star-Lord. Yep. Was, mm-hmm. was, a, was, a, um, was a really cool one from Bat in the Sun. So I, I love watching those, and I still watch those. I remember watching them years ago and i'll still go back and mm-hmm. watch them also super superpower beatdown oh um, yeah this is the name of the show isn't right. it or is yeah. that that's a whole different thing. no it no, is that, that's it it's, yeah that's it okay that's what i thought yeah yeah and i'll still go back and just watch them all over again and, and they just, just they, they had they do a lot more than just star wars stuff. they do some incredibly cool stuff yeah. but star wars is a big part of that and and mm-hmm. it it lets you see sides of the characters that um that you don't really get to see on film, like their brutality of like, you know, blood spilling and <laughs> yeah. And right. stuff like that. And that's um, really, really awesome. So, you know, we, we talk about this, we talk about fan films and we'll get into some more specific fan films here in a minute, but you know, at the other end of the spectrum, there are all these movies that are, you know, they're, Homage. they're homages to they're, they're basically ginormous budget fan films. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Robbie, what are some of your favorites when you start talking about some of the bigger things that, that have gotten, you know, DVD releases or theatrical releases? Well, so this one is just a huge one to me and probably a lot of people who listen to this podcast. Um, but, uh, you know, we wouldn't have serenity without star Wars. Mm. Um, yep. a lot of that is a lot of, That's very a lot true. of the characters and ships are based on things that Joss Whedon liked about star Wars and mm-hmm. was inspired by star Wars to create those types of characters and things. And so seven I think, different versions of Han Solo. Right. And you definitely like, there's always like some version of, uh, of Han Solo and like, not just like, you know, Serenity, but like all over like movies yeah. and stuff, but yeah. in TV, but Serenity just, uh, that's such a big one to me that stands out because mm-hmm. it, it, you know, it took a life of its own, but without Star Wars, I mean, I really, you know, I'm sure Jaws Whedon would have continued doing great things and done awesome stuff as he's always done. But, um, you know, Serenity was, was, you know, very inspired by, you know, Han Solo and Millennium Falcon and things like that. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's right. Uh, to me, that's a, that's a huge one. Um, that is a big it, one. Know, takes on such a big life of its own, which does bring to mind that there's, you know, like Marisha said, there's always like Han Solo-esque characters. Like there's so many characters that are just inspired uh, by Han Solo. Um, mm-hmm. And that's that's always kind of a, you know, a fun thing to see. Room. Yeah, <laughs> Right, mm-hmm. because Han Solo has, you know, he was created, he's a, he's a scoundrel. He's a pirate. Mm-hmm. But he's, he's so much more than that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, 
there's not a really a single if you go to archetypes pre 1977 and look at mm -hmm. your archetypes there's not one for han solo and right. we don't even when we talk about that archetype in shows we say oh well he's he's the han solo of this right like right. you know I mean, we don't even talk like about pirates of the caribbean you know you kind of jack's kind of in a lot of ways at least kind of he's got he, some of the same traits you know he's traits. the scoundrel but he's he's under it all there's a heart of gold that right. roguish character mm -hmm. right um, but it's like so you talk about rogue, a rogue, but Han Solo, rogue, rogue doesn't necessarily work by itself, mm -hmm. and scoundrel doesn't necessarily work by itself because he's still a hero. Mm -hmm. and right. But he's not just a hero. But he's not just a hero. Because <laughs> he's know? got some, some shades of gray going on there. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, you talk about characters like that, and you when you start talking about the archetype, you talk about a Han Solo type character mm -hmm. instead of calling it by its archetype. Mm -hmm. And it, it's mm -hmm. kind of... Um, where, and, and honestly, that may be why, you know, time after time after time, they do polls on who's your favorite Star Wars character. Uh -huh. Recently, there's there's so many new characters that it's starting to muddy the waters a little bit, mm -hmm. but forever. And I think still, Han Solo constantly lands at the top of that list. Mm -hmm. And it's not close. Everybody wants to be... Han Solo. Right. Well, it's and, like and you I go think back. That's to, why people relate to him so much. Right. Well, you go and, back and to, love him so much. You go back to like Mark Twain, uh -huh. who who was obsessed with pirates, the right. idea of pirates. You know, and and even mm -hmm. famously said in in one of his books was, uh, "We always hoped that if we were good enough, that God would permit us to be pirates." Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> you know, it, it's it's part of. What we love about that that character is that everybody everybody just kind of wants to be mm -hmm. be Han Solo. And be everybody able to, thinks they're Han Solo, but they're probably more like C three PO. Absolutely. One of my favorite examples of a of a Han Solo is, uh, and this is like a complete opposite side of the spectrum from Serenity, but uh, in uh, the second half of the paintball episode in Community season two. Uh, yes. Abed, you know, directly takes on the uh, Han Solo archetype, and mm -hmm. it's really great. Right, because he has to claim it before Jeff right. slouches into it by accident. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, that, but that's a great example of how Star Wars has reached every corner of entertainment. Even mm -hmm. comedy shows like Community. Right, well, and that's kind of where I wanted to go next was just the sheer volume. It, it's like you know, Star Wars, there's funny stuff in Star Wars. It, there's humor, but it's yeah. it's kind of raw humor mostly. And it's uh, it's not big, la you know, you know gut-busting, laugh-out-loud humor. Mm -hmm. But all the comedies that have been made based on yes. Star Wars. Yeah. And I think that happens because Star Wars itself is so close. It walks that line mm -hmm. so well of being uh -huh. a parody itself. Right. Yes, that's an and excellent so point. And so it's so easy to, to to just step over the ledge a little bit more mm -hmm. and create all of these parodies of these of these jokes. And, and you know, you, you you mentioned Serenity, which is like that's a great example of movies influenced by Star Wars. But then you have movies and, and, and other stuff that is like straight up parodies mm -hmm. of Star Wars um, and. I mean, the the one that's on all of our minds, I'm sure, is Spaceballs. Yeah, I mean, you, you can't have this conversation and not talk about Spaceballs. <laughs> I mean, it's in yeah. Robbie's, it's in Robbie's, I think it's like number six or seven in Robbie's oh, yeah. uh, Star Wars um, <laughs> rankings. And I, I might actually watch that after we get off, uh, you know, the podcast call here. <laughs> yeah. um, I actually go. made Marisha watch it for the first time ever a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> um, I knew it wasn't going to be Marisha's kind of thing going in, but I, I knew also knew we couldn't do this episode it, yeah. if Marisha had not seen Spaceballs. Okay, like, now I do love me of... some Rick Moranis, though. Rick Moranis <laughs> is, like, iconic to my childhood. Honey, I shrunk the kid. You know, you got to yep. have so you got to love. But yeah, it's it's definitely. I mean, it it definitely has its moments of not exactly my humor, but it is legitimately. I mean, it's so clever. Mm -hmm. Well, it's Mel Brooks. It's gonna be so clever. Clever. Yes. And 
and so clever in a way that it's like influenced all parody and mm-hmm. just all comedies. I feel like yeah, every Spaceball comedy is a toilet wants paper. to be as clever as Spaceballs. <laughs> yeah. Merchandising. <laughs> Spaceballs is it's it's everything you love about Star Wars wrapped in Mel Brooks humor, and mm-hmm. it's it's so. I mean, you watch it and it's like. I mean, there's a plot, but it's really like Mel Brooks gags. It's just a, yeah. it's like it's like an hour and a half of, of Mel Brooks jokes. Yeah, it's almost like just a string a strung together SNL skits, mm-hmm. you know, that are just like Star Wars themed. That's a great way of strung together SNL skits that are Star Wars themed. I think that happens so easily, and it's such an obvious thing because Star Wars ex- Star Wars itself is so close to being that. Mm-hmm. itself being just these skits that are strung together about space yeah and and space balls capitalizes on that and just it's so funny <laughs> it's just pure like just laugh out loud never gets old humor for yeah. me uh so robbie what is it about space balls that puts it so high in your uh, star wars rankings um i think in general just you know i'm a, a sucker for anything comedy Right. Um, and and then obviously like the combination of growing up in a uh, very Star Wars centric household, like obviously Spaceballs was also a staple growing up. <laughs> right. Um, so I think it's just the combination of you know it's it's good comedy, um, which is right in my wheelhouse, and then it's uh, it, it it's just part of that like childhood nostalgia, like growing up some of the other really great times we're like oh cool we're watching space balls like i love space balls i think that's really where it why it stands up so high is just that like in general the um the fact that it's been around and the fact that you know i can watch space balls every few years um and it it holds up it does you know, yeah just like the the original trilogy like i can rewatch that and it holds up like space balls also holds up Right. I love that every few, every so many years, Mel Brooks starts rumors <laughs> that he's making, that he's finally making the sequel. The, it's, a, it's a very Mel quest Brooks for more movie. money. Yeah. It was the, the yeah. Isn't that the joke? Yeah. Spaceballs yeah. 2, the quest for more money. Um, so, but actually, back when the prequels came out in oh. 1999, he started a rumor that he was making a, he was making a Spaceballs prequel. With Jonathan Lipnicki as Little Dark Helmet. <laughs> I remember that. that. That actually would have been really great. It would have. Uh, but it's just like, he knows that it, I mean, it's, it's just this big running joke for Mel Brooks that he just starts the rumor that the new movie's getting. He basically does it every time Star Wars makes a new movie. Uh-huh. He starts a rumor that he's making his new movie. That's funny. I mean, honestly, like for all the, the jokes about marketing, it's probably not a bad marketing shtick because then everybody's like, oh, Spaceballs. Hey, we need to buy that on digital. I mean, right. seriously, how many people <laughs> went out and bought a digital copy of Spaceballs this last go around whenever he's like, oh, yeah, sequel. Everybody's <laughs> like, oh, well, you know, we have it on DVD and on VHS and on Laserdisc, but we don't have it on digital. So got to go out and buy another one. Yeah, I'm, I'm considering buying it right now. Yeah, Andrew did. Andrew bought it on digital. Nice. Um, So just kind of in the same vein as as Spaceballs, I mean, Spaceballs is obviously, I won't say the root of Star Wars comedy because I think that that honor goes to... Hardware Wars. To Hardware Wars. Um, David or Robbie, have y'all watched Hardware Wars? I don't think I've heard of hard of hardware wars. Okay, uh, yeah, so I, I had not heard of it until uh, you know we talked about it about an hour ago. <laughs> okay, so you you definitely uh, y'all would both enjoy hardware wars. It's so weird and campy and not and as much as Elijah enjoyed hardware wars. <laughs> it's uh, but it's it's kind of it was it was made in 1978, so it's. It's wow. basically the original Star Wars fan film because it's made when there's only one Star Wars movie at that time. But basically, um, you know, Star Wars with household appliances, you know, R2-D2 is a vacuum cleaner and uh, the Millennium Falcon is a toaster. You know, you kind of get the drift. <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, what, can I, what can I watch this on? It's on YouTube. Okay. It's like awesome. 15 minutes long, maybe 12 minutes long. Yeah. It's not that long. But yeah, it's, it's definitely there on, on YouTube. And I think they did a, somebody did a, um, 
a special hardware edition. special edition recently, yeah. so a couple of years ago. So I don't know exactly what that is. I haven't watched it. But maybe someone will make a documentary: People versus Hardware Wars. <laughs> um, That's cool. Uh, you know, you know what we should have done for our two-year anniversary. What's that episode? We should have all listened to the first episode of this show, uh-huh. and then we could have done the special edition of that episode <laughs> and made it the way we always wanted it the to come out. The way we always envisioned it. <laughs> and, well, I what mean, you could do there is just take it and just re-edit it. Yeah, and just add some. Explosions. Some sound effects. That's true. Some yeah. needless sound effects. Some definitely computer generated stuff that is really not ready for for <laughs> <laughs> public viewing. Yeah. But no, y'all definitely uh, y'all would y'all would enjoy Hardware Wars, and like I said, it's on YouTube. But so you can't call Spaceballs really the first Star Wars comedy, but it's it the is first, the pinnacle. It's the Star pinnacle. Wars comedy. I, yeah, I would call it the pinnacle of. But there are. Especially over the last, I mean, Spaceballs is getting kind of dated now, but over the last 20 years, there's been this big resurgence of mm-hmm. Star Wars comedies. Um, are there any of those that any of y'all enjoy particularly? A real, I don't know if guilty pleasure is the right word for me, but what I thought of instantly when you said that was um, the Star Wars parodies and robot chicken oh my gosh yeah yeah all the robot chicken star wars stuff i don't know if that's actually within the last 20 years i know that i've seen it in the last 20 i've seen everything i've ever seen in my whole life in the last 20 years right because i'm 19 yeah, but, yeah no, um, the, the robot chicken stuff was definitely like what robbie like mid two, like 2002 2003 and later was, yeah that sounds about right thinking. Yeah, I, I have um, really fond memories of being up later than I was supposed to be um, in my room watching Robot Chicken and getting the biggest kick in the world out of this Star Wars stuff and then taking my Star Wars toys right. and just, like trying to play the same way and, and seeing them like, man, I need to get I, – I need to get a – a set that looks just like that robot chicken one. <laughs> so I love all that, all the, yeah. all the all the robot chicken Star Wars stuff. I think that stuff is. I mean, I haven't seen it in a long time, so it might not hold up at all. Some of it's still pretty funny. I always particularly got a kick out of uh, Gary the Stormtrooper, uh, the <laughs> take your daughter to work day and all that stuff. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. So that's that's what comes to mind for me for me there at least quote-unquote recent stuff i can't think of much more recent comedy stuff yeah marisha anything i mean it's not really my wheelhouse right i'm not not gonna lie like i mean i I can get a laugh out of it you know like i can i mean i I can get a laugh out of fanboys or space balls or you know other such things but it's not so much my thing i'm not gonna lie (laughs) (laughs) robbie what about you i guess that really covers a lot of the ones that would be off the top of my head yeah i'm um, trying to trying to rack my brain oh. here for anything that i might be missing but i, I think that big bang theory tap into a lot of star wars stuff pretty often yeah for sure yeah i mean you can't you can't do funny. a i don't think you could do a show like big bang without referencing an awful lot of star wars yeah. i mean they reference a lot of like star wars a lot of star trek um a lot of comic book stuff that's kind of recent there. I, I'm trying to think. Like the, Every show I've seen, I'm, I mean, I'm pretty sure The Office has a few Star Wars stuff thrown in there, some some episodes. Uh, pretty much every comedy, it feels like every comedy like that has to have a Star Wars episode of some kind. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, uh, I, uh, Family Guy. Has done a ton of Star Wars stuff. Yeah, well, I mean, they they specifically did their own versions of the original trilogy. Right. Yeah. I don't even remember what they called them. Did they called the first one Blue Harvest. Yeah, I believe. I think that it was Blue Harvest. Correct. Okay, which was the the working title for A New Hope. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, cool. yeah, it was the working title for. It wasn't A New Hope at the time. It was Star Wars, but. Yeah, that was the working title for the original movie. Interesting thing about the Family Guy stuff is while they certainly, you know, poke holes all in everything with Seth MacFarlane's humor, they actually follow the 
the story pretty closely. And of course, the, yeah. the thing, the advantage he had, presumably because it was a Fox show, and I think Fox still owned some of the Star Wars music rights, mm -hmm. was that he got to use actual the Star actual Wars. Star Wars music. Oh, that's cool. So I didn't watch through a whole lot of Family Guy Star Wars because Family Guy really isn't my thing. But I did get far enough for him to gesture over and say, you know, with the twin sunsets and say, John Williams and the London Symphony Orchestra, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> right, and he, he pans to the side and the orchestra's there in the yeah. desert playing. Uh-huh. That's so funny. Um, but yeah, I mean... Like, that's been done a million times, but it's still, that's mm -hmm. great. I guess uh, in in the in the realm of of comedies and and things like that, I can't believe we haven't mentioned this one. But Fanboys, which you know has its serious moments, but it, it by all means is a very funny movie. It, it really is, and I mean it, it's really kind of, I mean I really say Fanboys is kind of the biggest Star Wars fan film in a lot of ways ever made. It's it's such a loving homage mm -hmm. to like a lot of these others we've talked about are spoofs, mm -hmm. where they're they're kind of. You know, it's tongue-in-cheek poking, poking fun at the original in some ways. Right. Where this one, it's just like a love letter to Star Wars. It's right. it's about how much we love Star Wars. Yeah, which is which is great. Yeah, I mean that's what I feel like the most fans of it's probably about. Like you're not putting the time and effort into make, especially like the the more um, independent stuff. You're not putting the time into it unless you really love Star Wars. Yeah. When you say love letter, but that made me think of and i've been thinking of it I, this was actually um i thought of it a couple of days ago when i knew this was gonna be the topic this is a bit different it's not a fan film uh it's actually a song but weird owls star wars songs yep have a very 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 special place in my heart mm-hmm and I mean, I, and that's kind I of what I cannot sing American Pie. <laughs> I've completely forgotten the lyrics to American <laughs> Pie because they have been overtaken by the saga. Begin. I I think that's probably a lot of people <laughs> yeah. at this point. Um, and same for Lola with Yoda. Right. I, I, still, I don't know the lyrics. I, to Lola. Every time I drink a soda, every time I drink a soda, I say soda. Yoda. Like, literally, that's what I, I say it out loud so, every I, single time. I mean, honestly, we went to Star Wars Celebration Orlando a couple of years ago, and that was kind of the highlight. I mean, we went to Disney before and, and four days at Celebration, and, and honestly, I think my highlight of the whole thing is seeing Weird Al play the after party, the 501st after party. That is incredible. And I don't know if you knew this, but he closes every show he does with his two Star Wars songs. I actually think I did hear that. He's built this big relationship with the 501st, where when he goes to do a show, his people call the local garrison and say, hey, we need, you know, five stormtroopers and, mm -hmm. you know, for, for the show tonight. And so they send them out. And of course, love. Like, I, I, like I genuinely like just have such a warm feeling in my body when i think about mm -hmm. the saga begins and mm -hmm. the video that he made for it that's one of those things where i would spend hours and hours and hours on youtube watching all the star wars stuff that i could and i discovered that song it's uh -huh. one of the first songs like i got an ipod one of the first songs i ever bought was the saga begins <laughs> and it's just like this just like like what three to four minute song about mm -hmm. star wars it's yeah. not a big fan film but it's I think that it's a great example of a love letter to Star Wars, and that's what that's what Weird Al did with mm -hmm. the saga begins. Absolutely, I, I truly cannot, and it's it's I cannot listen to American Pie without singing that song, and it's one of my favorites. I know all the lyrics, and it's yeah. um always going to be in my head. Yeah, Weird Al has a very special way of doing that to songs. Yeah, my kids, bless their hearts, they don't know pop music but they know all the weird al versions like every once in a while something will come on the the radio and they're like i didn't think those were the words <laughs> mm -hmm. i've had that problem for many many times i would hear the weird al version before i heard the actual version uh -huh. so i think the actual version is a pair is the parody right <laughs> i'd be like what he he copied weird al <laughs> you know yeah. So, Robbie, was there anything else about fanboys 
Um, no, I think that's it. I mean, it's just okay. a, it's a good, funny movie with its heartwarming moments, and it's mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's Star Wars centric, so you get like cameos from people that you've not only seen be involved with directly with Star Wars, but people that you've seen be involved indirectly via fan films or podcasts or blogs or reviews or things like that. And so it really just brought in. Um, one of the first things I remember seeing that just brought in the whole community, not just directly yeah. uh, affiliated people, but people who were indirectly affiliated with Star Wars as well. Yeah, and, that's and, an excellent know, maybe, point. Yeah. And so maybe not everybody, but it definitely just, you know, there was a lot of people in that that were not completely directly related to Star Wars. And so I thought it was cool to sort of mm-hmm. show the fan base from that aspect. Well, people who had had, had de- gain some kind of notoriety as Star Wars fans. Like, right. um, Kevin well, Smith was in it, wasn't he? Yeah. When Kevin Smith asked to be in it. <laughs> um, and it's, it's kind of got, I mean, Seth fanboys, Rogen. Fanboys kind of has a very, very Kevin Smith sort of vibe to a lot of it. Yeah. I still think that William Shatner may be the best cameo in that movie, though. <laughs> I'm not going <laughs> to lie. It's so, you know, him showing up in, in a Star Wars <laughs> You know, centric movie is is pretty great. Yeah, yep. That's that's so funny. That, that is so funny on so many levels. Uh huh. He's got the plans. Cute. He's the one with the plans to star uh, to Skywalker Ranch. <laughs> right. And of course, he's the one that's willing to like sell the plans to get into Skywalker Ranch. Right. Yeah. Naturally. And and he, you know when they finally when they catch them, they want to know where they got the plans, and they you know was it Shatner. <laughs> So yeah, William Shatner in that is is was a pretty brilliant move getting him to come on board for that. Uh, speaking of Kevin Smith, pretty much everything Kevin Smith has ever done has in some way it either in some way references Star Wars or ha- or just ha- has been f- fueled by his love for Star Wars. Yeah, and that's that's we actually I think that was the one part of this conversation we had before you were able to join us. Oh really? Uh, was yeah. They were talking about mall rats. Specifically talked about mall rats. Oh yeah, I was about to say like mall rats is just filled the brim of that kind of stuff. And I think it's fair to say that if Star Wars didn't exist, and I'm sure this goes for many many filmmakers, if Star Wars mm-hmm. didn't exist, Kevin Smith would not make movies. Yep. It's certainly a big part of why he makes them. I, I think that that's like from like from hearing him talk because I'm a huge Kevin Smith fan. And from hearing him talk in interviews and and mm-hmm. and what he says and how he feels about Star Wars, it's it's from a young age that's what he watched, and those are the movies that made him want to make movies. Yep. Right. And I think that's really at the core. And I kind of already said this, but I think that's really at the core of the conversation that we're having is that Star Wars is is this very special thing, especially the originals. It's this kind of this perfect thing and it has inspired so many people to create whether it be mm-hmm. art or music or, or fan films or, or you know people who become big directors mm-hmm. and um, I mean the number of composers that I know composers, who have been you know who it's like Star Wars was like my my moment where I realized I love classical music right and then all of that all the way from these people spending millions of dollars making you know fan films and in homages to us sitting here mm-hmm. and doing a Star Wars podcast. To, I mean, the likes of J.J. Abrams and John Favreau, who, you know, were Star Wars fans as kids and now are mm-hmm. some of the biggest directors in the world. Right. And now make Star Wars because that's the only thing they ever really wanted to do, right? Right. <laughs> when you and, of were... course, you, you have this whole conversation. And, and I mean, we're going to kind of wrap up here, but... I mean, we didn't even get into documentaries. There's so many fantastic Star Wars documentaries, documentaries, including the current gallery series running on Disney+. Plus. Um, You get into uh, comic books. Uh, I mean, do you get get Guardians of the Galaxy if there's no Star Wars? I was about to say, because I looked up on my wall, there is a Guardians of the Galaxy. This is an official movie poster. It wasn't the main one, but it is. It's a Guardians of the Galaxy poster that is straight up a ripoff mm-hmm. of the New Hope poster. Yeah, it is. It is the New Hope poster, but like Luke is replaced with Star Lord, and and Leia is replaced with Gamora. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's a great. That's a great point. Like, 
if you watch the guard people when Guardians of the Galaxy came out, people were saying it's the Star Wars for a new generation, and and yeah. you know I wouldn't call it that, but no, but it still. is the it is the best Star Wars movie in the MCU. That is yeah. that is very true. That is very true. <laughs> but yeah, like Guardians of the Galaxy is a huge deal in pop culture now. They're some of the biggest characters in the world, and, and you're right. Like you don't get that. Do you get the MCU just just the way that Star Wars has sort of yep. inspired fandom? Mm-hmm. in general that is an excellent you get point. a universe like the mcu does that is that successful without the president set by creating a universe like star wars i mean even that do you get star trek the next generation if you don't have star wars because they started like didn't they start amping up star trek movies after star wars came out now i'm sure that there are some trekkies out there who wouldn't appreciate that no, but it, it but was this massive resurgence of science fiction. You know, I think that's kind of kind of did. Rob, did anybody have anything else? Robbie kind of been quiet for there for a little bit. Yeah, I think I, I think I've I've gone through all of my uh, my general go to Star Wars things <laughs> that I really think about when I you know think about Star Wars and yeah. think about the kind of fan expanded universe that really for me covers a lot of it. I could, we could probably talk for, you know, five days about all of it. If True. we really got into it, but that, I mean, that really covers the, the surface and just a little bit beyond for me. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, it, it's honestly to the point where, uh, you know, me and Robbie have talked about making some, uh, some pretty, pretty out there, uh, fan films of your own that's true you yeah. know basically parks and recs with ewoks i think is what we yeah it's really <laughs> it's, still a, it's still a good idea and we should still do it we absolutely it's true should. you should edit that out so no one steals your idea i know the perfect set for it i do too you want to be part of our ewok movie david i do want to be part of the ewok <laughs> we, we, one episode. we actually have I don't know if it's one I, I think we started off kind of like trying to like you know imagine this this YouTube series we could make. And I think it kind of evolved into two separate shows, but the Blair Witch project. <laughs> well, the, yeah, the, the, um, the Ewok, you know, kind of the, the, the Sasquatch hunters, but with Ewoks and, uh, Oh my God. So That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. There's just woods everywhere. Yeah. Where, where you live. They're, they're everywhere. It's true. Yeah, whenever Andrew and Robbie get going, it's it's an adventure. Sometimes they go their their imaginations, especially collectively, go some unexpected places. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I I think that I, th- I think that we've covered as much as we can cover in an episode on on this topic. And um, there there's so much. Like Robbie said, you know, we could talk about just all the things that Star Wars has inspired. Yeah, for days. Mm-hmm. But it's it, there's always references to Star Wars and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, there are and, and Captain and Captain America Civil War. You got that yep. scene where Spider Man's flying around and ho- and he's like, "Y'all seen that really old movie?" Which kind of bothers me as a Star as a, a Spider Man fan because like, um, what? No. But then, but then in Homecoming, he's building a freaking Death Star out of Legos. Yeah. Also, that's not Legos. Oh my God, Legos! That's a whole yes. episode itself. Is talking about all the Star Wars Legos. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's one of the things. I mean, Legos prior to 1999, the the first the first Star Wars Lego set came out in 1999, and that was the beginning of Legos being more than just blocks. That's it, awesome. it, it suddenly became something you could spend all of your money on. <laughs> They That's have, they great. have yeah, gotten... I was at Walmart the other day, just for some reason, and then I was like, first thing I got to do, I'm like, okay, before we go, I got to go look at the Lego aisle and just see what Star Wars Lego stuff they have there available. Just yeah. to look at it and be like, wow, <laughs> that'd be so cool. I wish I had money to buy that. Oh, wait, I'm like grown up now, and I have my own money. <laughs> <laughs> yes. For you, this is what I've been waiting for. Yes. All right, but I think that's going to do it for us tonight. And uh, Robbie, people can't find you on the internet, but you will be back soon to get us going on this Star Wars 
RPG. And yep, I, I, that is uh that is in the works, and like I said uh, earlier in the show, it is making uh good progress now. I've had some time to start reading through the material, and I have my, you know, a little bit of RPG experience under my belt. So it's really just learning the uh where we need to start with the Star Wars campaigns, and uh, I think I've got a good feel for it. So we should have that coming up soon. Awesome, and David, where can people find you and and what you've got going on out there? And you guys can find me on Twitter at stay underscore creative DD and on my YouTube channel, creative D and D. That's where I do podcasts and videos about all stuff, nerdy star Wars, walking dead, star Trek, etc. Awesome. Marisha, where can people find you? You can find me on princesses and padawans.com and also um, P padawans on Twitter and princesses underscore and underscore padawans on Instagram in theory, I'm not really, I have not been social media-ing much lately, but someday I'll be there again. <laughs> and uh, I feel like I should take an extra deep breath before I try to give this whole spiel. But you can find me running the Twitter account for this show at crew underscore podcast at C-R-U underscore podcast. You can drop us a line at Underground at gmail.com. You can find us at thesciencefictionary.com. You can also find us as well as all of our podcasts family at red5network.com or at red5network on Twitter. You can also find me gaming on my new Twitch channel at darklighter580. That's twitch.tv forward slash darklighter580. And if you like science fiction, fantasy, action, adventure, comic books, or anything related to that, definitely check out our other show that comes out on Mondays and Thursdays at the Science Fictionary Podcast. And until next time... May the force be with you.